This is Voice the Culture, a podcast for the modern-day confused citizen. Hello, welcome back to another episode. I'm your podcast host, Helen. I'm Kelly. I'm Michelle. I'm Amy. And I'm Carolyn. In honor of Pride Month, we'll be discussing the LGBTQIA movement. Disclaimer, some of the contents covered are based on opinionated ideas and beliefs. Please fact check everything before forming conclusions. The first Pride Month march in New York City and San Francisco was held on June 28, 1970, the one-year anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising. June 2020 marks the 50th anniversary of Pride Month. The Center for American Progress reports that upwards of 43% of LGBTQIA individuals have been the victim of workplace discrimination, and as many as 90% of transgender members of the American workforce say that they have been harassed and mistreated on the job. That being said, we'd like to begin our discussion on the history, current events, and other topics regarding the LGBTQIA community. For those of you who don't know, LGBTQIA stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, queer, questioning, asexual, and many other terms. Okay, so the first thing that we'd like to talk about is the history of the LGBTQIA plus movement and um, prominent figures. So one of the more famous figures that were discriminated against was Alan Turing, and he was a cryptographer during the Second World War. And he created this method called the bomb, which is an electrical mechanical device that detected settings for Enigma. Enigma was this coding device used by the Germans to send secure messages. After finding out that the Polish have cracked the code, the Germans increased the security of these messages by changing the cipher system daily. However, Turing and his uh, team were able to crack the naval Enigma, which allowed Britain to gain access to top secret information such as um, German U-boat locations and this allowed Britain to reroute their ships and avoid ambush and save many lives. Despite all that he's done uh, during this period of time, he um, after people found out that he was homosexual because um, homosexuality was like illegal in Britain, so he was given uh, a choice between a prison sentence and gay conversion therapy, and he chose gay conversion therapy. And it did a lot to him ment- mentally. All of it was like very overwhelming, and it obviously didn't work, the gay conversion therapy. And in uh, 1954, he committed suicide by cyanide poisoning. Well, I think is is that like the fact that he had like two choices is kind of up. It's like, oh, you either go to jail and like, um, like be punished for being who you are, or you could like change who you are and like be right. And yeah, and the fact that like he helped so much and like he helped them win and now he's being punished, like that doesn't make any sense to me. And like, the, probably since it was, this was before like people started uniting together in the movement, I felt like, I probably think that like not a lot of people were on his side since it was after World War II. You know, he probably didn't have like a lot of people on his side and a lot of people probably like felt that like the norm was to be straight or like the right thing to do is be straight. And that's that's so unfair because that's who he was. And like that didn't have to do with his contributions to the allies. 
in a way, this is sort of like ad hominem because like him being gay, it doesn't contribute to like him being like an intellectual, you know, and like his contributions should be rewarded and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely more of an attack on his actual character versus his contributions in life, which I, yeah, I agree. It's like completely messed up. So on June 27, 1969, New York City police raided the Stonewall Inn, which was the turning point for the Stonewall Rebellion. The Stonewall Inn was a gay club founded in Stonewich Village, New York City. Bar patrons and neighborhood residents rioted for six days against the police who violently hauled employees and customers out of the bar. During that time, same-sex relationship solicitations were illegal in New York City. The New York State Liquor Authority penalized bars and establishments thought to serve the LGBTQIA plus individuals, believing that homosexual gatherings were quote-unquote disorderly. This served as a catalyst for the gay rights movement today, and I wanted to ask you guys, what are your thoughts on how the law used to reward people who were straight and simultaneously shut down people who were in the LGBTQIA plus community? It kind of reminds me of like the prohibition era in the United States, where it's like the government is telling you how to be as a person. It's like, no, like, why do you have to, like, penalize people for who they are? And, like, like circling back to when Carolyn mentioned how Turing had to go through gay conversion therapy, it's like, no, like, you can't change who you are because that's who you are. And you, sh- and you shouldn't be, like, shunned for, like, who you are as a person and who you love. Like, the, the government is kind of, like, telling us who to be as, a, as, like, people when they should be for the people, you know? And I don't think it's fair for, like, the government to penalize people who are in the LGBTQIA plus community for for being who they are. I also want to mention how, um, because you brought up the government limiting like liquor consumption during that time, if you look back on history, that like prohibition on like alcohol consumption eventually was repealed in the United States because it didn't work. People were still trying to get their liquor and it just goes to show that no matter how much the government tries to like limit the people and like kind of force them into a mold it doesn't always work because those people are fighting for their rights as they are today That also brings us up to our next topic, where there was a disturbing attack during June 24, 1973, where an unknown fire was set intentionally during the hangout area called the Upstairs Lounge. Um, the exit ways were blocked, so they weren't able to escape. And as a result, most of the people inside the lounge suffocated and died from the fire. It was even worse because the Metropolitan Community Church, they, they had like a gay minister called Dexter Breck who was there while he was like preaching to his group of LGBTQ people. And so as a result, one third of the Metropolitan Committee Church congregation had passed away because of the fire. What what was really sad was like the lack of coverage like it had because like it fell off the front pages of newspapers entirely after only being dedicated for like for like a really short time. Mm-hmm. 
another movement that has been brought up in addition to Black Lives Matter is Black Trans Lives Matter. And this was brought up after the death of two Black transgender women and they were murdered. But their deaths kind of sparked the call to action for the movement. And so um, we would like to say their names. So their names are Dominique Remy Fels and Raya Milton. And so Dominique Remy Fels was found dead in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on June 8th. And her death was ruled as a homicide four days later on June 12th, but the investigation is still ongoing and none of the persecutors have been prosecuted. As for Raya Milton, she was shot and killed during a robbery in Liberty Township, Ohio on June 9th. And two men have been prosecuted and charged for her murder, but a third man whose name is Tyree Cross has not been apprehended or prosecuted yet. So one thing that's also been brought up is how pride wouldn't exist without Black women in the first place. So two influential figures in um, the movement is Marsha P. Johnson, and she's a Black trans woman who threw the first brick at the Stonewall Inn during the rebellions, and Stormy Larvery. Um, she's a Black lesbian whose resistance against police is believed to be the spark that ignited the Stonewall riots, spurring the crowd into action. With all of these prominent figures being like the foundation for the movements and being the trailblazers that, that inspire other people to like stand up, what I'd like to like comment on is how like Black transgender individuals are still the brunt of police brutality. And I wanted to ask you guys what your thoughts and your feelings are about like this topic. And I was wondering if you guys think that now is the time to unite and tackle the systemic violence and discrimination against Black people. I think it's really inspiring to see like this intersectionality between Black Lives Matter and like Trans Lives Matter coming together. And this like entire period of activism, like for pride and for like, other humanitarian and like social justice movements it's like really encouraging to know that these influential figures who we weren't taught in our textbooks but like we get to learn about them today and what they did it's just so like motivating to know that the truth can and will come out eventually Um, yeah because I think a lot of history is erased especially because of our textbooks and how we don't learn a lot of like important things and we have to we have to rely on like Twitter and like social media nowadays but like how this whole Black Lives Matter movement should really highlight how like all Black Lives Matter and not just like straight or whatever because a lot of times like Black trans lives are being erased and pushed to the side so we should all come together and especially during this time of like the Black Lives Matter movement is so going so strong and it's Pride Month and we should take those two communities together and fight against all the discrimination that both communities face. Yeah, and I feel like it's a really great time to just spread awareness because, like, um, there's been, like, a lot of, like, homophobia and, like, stereotypes regarding LGBTQ people um, among POC communities, you know? I feel like we should expand our thinking and, like, encourage, like, especially, like, the older generation to be more accepting towards these communities because, like, they're still part of, because they're still with us, you know? They're still POC as well, so we shouldn't, We shouldn't be close-minded about these issues. Yeah, I think, especially now, now is, like, the perfect time to to kind of address, like, all of, like, the prejudice and the discrimination. 
against like the different demographics within like the Black Lives Matter movement. Some people might say that our generation is like too sensitive and then we are, we're like quick to like cancel or like call out when, when something's problematic. But in reality, we're just not that like quick to let things go or quick to like let people get away with wrongdoings. I feel like during their time, racism and like homophobia was more prominent and like it was more accepted back then. And now they see that like as times are changing and like more people are being opened about these issues and supporting these demographics, it's something new. We can be funny. We just don't like to make racist jokes or like be homophobic towards this community. You don't have to like rely on homophobic and racist jokes to be funny yeah in a way i feel like they're like they're scared of the unknown you know they're scared of like the new ways of thinking because they're not used to it they've been taught like these like structured like beliefs and views so like now they're like i feel like in a way they're sort of like confused you know they don't know like now they're not sure what's they they don't want to like try anything new because they're not like during that time it's it was basically like sort of like forbidden, you know, to think about anything else, anything new. I think with our generation, Gen Z, we're just so different in terms of like how we express ourselves because like the generations before us would say like to us, like stop being so sensitive, stop being such a snowflake, like accept the facts of our feelings. But the way that we fight for our own rights is through like social media and through like spreading awareness and calling attention to the issues that we do see and I think it's just I think it's just so characteristic of Gen Z to like not be afraid of like bullying a cop at the same time like when they see a group of teenagers they just run the other direction yeah and like again how we like we just talked about how everyone like the older generation talks about how oh you guys are such so sensitive nowadays you guys are snowflakes and that's literally just you wanting to be racist sexist homophobic without being called out for it because us like generation z we actually call out people who are racist sexist homophobic and you guys are, oh you guys are so sensitive when no those things that you're saying like they are offensive and we're calling you out for it and you guys are retaliating and saying that we're sensitive just because we're calling you out for it i feel like that there's like this inferiority complex that like a lot of the older generation have that think oh their way of thinking is the most right because they're the wisest and I feel like not a lot of them stay like updated with like the world around them and I feel like they should be more educated on like these communities because yeah a lot of the racism and homophobia just uh, stems from like ignorance. On June 15, 2020, the Supreme Court ruled that a landmark civil rights law protects gay and transgender workers from workplace discrimination, handing the movement for LGBTQIA plus equality alongside an unexpected victory. Quote from the New York Times. So what does that mean? Well, um, <laughs> I mean, like, people who are transgender or who... I mean, they already have, like, a lot of workplace discrimination, and they get, like, harassed enough as is, like, before this, this, like, Supreme Court ruling. So, like, I feel like the tides are starting to, like, turn 
in favor for them. And hopefully now, like, people are starting to become more accepting and they're starting to, like, understand why being transgender or having a certain sexual orientation isn't wrong and it's just who they are. Yeah, I feel like this is, um, like, a bigger step towards, like, the changes that we're going to have. And it just shows, like, how, like, our different uh, ways of thinking are, like, being are being advanced. Um, yeah, I just think it's, a, like, a big step, especially since the Trump administration did roll back protections for the LGBTQ community in healthcare. And, like, yes, this is a big step, but we also need to start moving towards bringing back those protections because it is good that now that community is protected in the workforce, but we need to be protected in, like, healthcare and other, and, like, just everywhere because healthcare is, like, when you especially need it. And also, like, this ruling is now put under the 1964 Civil Rights Act, and this act was only put into place after, like, Black people have fought so hard for it to end, like, discrimination. And so, like, it really shows that, like, the LGBTQ community should also advocate for Black Lives Matter because it wouldn't be where it is without Black people. Yeah, I totally agree. The Trump administration, well, actually, Mr. Trump came out to reporters and said that he believes that the Supreme Court's decision was very powerful and uh, we kind of have to live with their decision, which is in a way like ironic considering that the Trump administration had tried to work against gay and transgender workers when the Supreme Court basically pulled a no you and said no, they still matter and we're still going to protect them, which really is a big advancement for the civil rights movement and specifically for the LGBTQ plus community. It's just interesting how like this had to be put in place like now because before before this was put into place like discrimination against lgbtq plus community was allowed and was legal in more than i think like more than half the states and yeah it's just a big step and like it's like we're finally seeing change Okay, so a lot of Christians are against the LGBTQIA plus community and because they believe that it's against the Bible and what, like, quote-unquote, God wants, I guess. So, like, what do you guys think? Because, um, I don't know, there's just a lot of homophobia within Christians and, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, good out there. So, um, I kind of grew up Catholic and what this kind of reminds me of is I don't know if you've seen those like commentary videos, but like there's been videos about like this one channel called Girl Defined. No way. What you So Girl Defined is like um it's the, are these two Christian women who basically like follow the Bible almost like too strictly. Like they there there were like um videos where they're like why I waited to until marriage to kiss or something like that. Oh my <laughs> and gosh, like they, I think like, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and then they were talking about how like they thought feminism was a sin because it's like they're oh, because they thought that feminism what? meant like like dragging down men or something when like women should like follow men or something. <laughs> yeah, so that's what it kind of reminds me of. It's like well, the Bible in the first place is kind of outdated, and it's there's not really any point in like following like every single word and believing that like every single like line in the Bible is what God wants for you. 
if anything, you should, what, what God wants for you, if we're going to, like, get religious up in here, <laughs> I think that, like, what God wants is for you to, like, be comfortable with yourself and be happy with who you are and to just live your life for who you are and not harm other people. And your sexual orientation doesn't really affect other people, so that's just who you are. And that's <laughs> Does it actually say in, like, the Bible anywhere? That- no. Like I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, apparently, um, so, apparently it was referred. Like they changed it because before the Bible was mm-hmm. only referring to pedophiles, not um, yeah, like LGBTQ people. It was changed in I believe nineteen or according to Twitter, because I'm not sure. But apparently, like uh, they replaced the word pedophile with homosexual in 1946, and like it wasn't originally because the the Bible wasn't even in English. So, like, it was translated, so obviously when things are translated, a lot is lost. And, like, the word, and, like, obviously the Bible, I don't know how long, it, like, when it, like, originated, but the word homosexual was invented in, like, the 1890s, so that, like, I think, like, the UK government could make it illegal, like, homosexuality. And so, like, it doesn't make sense for that word to even be in the Bible. And the quote that everyone, like, usually talks about from the Bible is that, what is it like man shall not li- lie with man man right but like the actual translation like what it should mean is that man should not lie with young boys because it was about you know being a pedophile and how like that's not okay and then somehow like when it was translated it was translated to man should not lie with man and then so everyone took that as oh like you can't be like homosexual yeah because like i don't i don't like follow the bible like i don't read it um but i have gone to like I've gone to the church a couple times because my um my dad's like Catholic and they're they're always emphasizing like God loves everyone and like if that's the case then like shouldn't people like accept homosexuals as well? Yeah, I definitely think the English version of the Bible is pretty whitewashed because a lot of people for some reason think Jesus is white, but like mm, last yeah. I checked, he was brown. And of yeah. the original Bible language is in Hebrew, like biblical Hebrew so yeah it definitely makes sense that there's a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings within the translations which is why like many Christians might oppose homosexuality but again like as Carolyn as you mentioned God promotes like God loves everyone no matter what like I'm a Christian so like I understand that like you can't disappoint God by being homosexual and like maybe you don't agree with like people expressing their sexuality in a different way than yours but that doesn't mean you should go out of your way to be miserable to them and like to hate on them if you don't accept them for their sexuality then just leave them alone yeah i don't think god would want you to like harm them if you disagree with their beliefs and how they how they live I don't think that gives you the right to like uh, go out of your way and like make their life horrible. I don't, I'm pretty sure that's not what God would want you to do. Also, this is kind of like a little deviation from the topic, but like the fact that people try to justify them being homophobic or transphobic because it goes against like the Bible is kind of like, it kind of confuses me because it's like they're imposing like Christianity or like their religion onto other people. And it, and it doesn't really, like, make sense because that, that might not be the religion that they're associated with. So it's not really, like, fair to say that. Yeah, and, like, how everyone, like, it's, like, whenever they see, like, a homophobic person sees, like, someone in the LGBTQ plus community, they're like, oh, you guys are shoving this down our throats. Or, like, whenever a new show comes out and, like, there's, like, a gay character, they're like, you guys are sh- shoving this down our throats. Wait, that doesn't make any sense, though, because, I mean, 
when you like try to like I guess force or whatever like your your religious views and like even like heterosexuality like that's what's considered the norm and like how can you say that like when we're introducing like characters that need to be represented um you're saying that like that's shoving down our throats like yeah and like you can even tell it's like really ingrained into like our heads because like even if you don't know someone on a personal level you just assume that person is like considered straight until they tell you that they're not it also it also ruins like platonic relationships too because it has it imposes like the belief that like oh you can't like girls can't be friends with guys you know they have to like each other oh are you are you two actually dating you know like it just ugh, yeah uh, on the other side of the spectrum did you guys know that Lewis and Clark were possibly like gay? I because like in history they could oh, like, yeah. oh they were just best friends, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they traveled like they traveled across the country together. And then you find out later, like, oh, oh yeah, best friends, huh? Mm, best friends. <laughs> or like that meme that or like a joke everyone says that whenever like when two people of the same sex are obviously like together, and then like everyone would be like, Oh, history would say they were very close and best friends. But like I could but like history books are so skewed into, into into like a bias because um our history books are kind of written by for example like last year that everything in that textbook was written by uh privileged white authors and when whenever they would describe something it was kind of like they would brush over like the more oppressing things that um the colonists would do or anything like that you know wouldn't that mean that, like, if even now there are people who write textbooks, they might, like, twist the narrative, then wouldn't that mean that the Bible might also be a twisted narrative, too? So it's been brought to my attention that uh, something that's that's also um, kind of a problem in the community is an issue called bi erasure. So according to GLAD, bi erasure is a pervasive problem in which the existence or legitimacy of bisexuality is questioned or denied outright. So there's three ways that bi erasure can manifest. Manifest. So one way that it can manifest is that one person may assume that a bisexual boy is just entirely gay and he's just, he just hasn't accepted it and he isn't entirely out of the closet. And then the second manifest- manifestation is that um, you're claiming that a girl who's bisexual is just going through a phase or is just being bisexual because it's like a trend or it's like, so she's like quirky and different. And then the third manifestation is that Bisexuals are considered to be a little alienated from the LGBTQIA plus community for being in a heterosexual relationship, and they might get a pass from society because um, still in our society, there's like this ingrained belief that like being straight is the norm when it's just like you should just be like who you are. So um, in that way, like there may be people who invalidate the bisexual orientation for being in a heterosexual or heterosexual presenting relationship. And you can see that manifest in 
different little problematic behaviors. Like on Twitter, there's this hashtag called drop the B and it kind of started out on a right wing forum on 4chan and it claimed that the B in the LGBTQIA plus acronym, it excluded people who did not identify in the gender binary and it pushed for people to reject the B in the LGBTQIA plus acronym. And so I feel like um, in that sense, like the people might like might feel like as if like bisexual people in the community are kind of like outsiders. And I feel like the drop the B hashtag came from not understanding what the difference between like bisexuality and pansexuality is. And so um, I saw this one picture on Reddit, but it was like kind of like an informational on like the differences, the differences between bisexuality and pansexuality. So bisexuality means that you're attracted to two or more genders, whereas being pansexual means that you are attracted regardless of gender or you're attracted to all genders. And yeah, I just wanted to ask you guys what your thoughts and feelings about bi erasure are. And um, I was wondering if hashtags like drop the B cause further tension and prejudice towards bisexual members of the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, yeah, I think it's really messed up because like bisexuals are so often erased and seen as not part of the community like even within the community they think like oh like you're not valid like as we talked about like the manifestations like a bisexual guy is like oh you're just not ready to completely say that you're gay because you're afraid of like the backlash and whatever and then for girls it's like oh it's a trend which I do want to say like a lot of people do view bisexuality as a trend which is really messed up because because a lot of I see a lot of people thinking that like wait I think girls are pretty oh that must mean that I'm bisexual but oh I would never date a girl oh no like that is not what bisexuality is and that furthers the erasure like by erasure and bisexuality is valid and that's part of the community you shouldn't question whether bisexuality is part of the community or not because like it, sexuality is a spectrum like there's no set term on like what your sexuality should be and labels are labels like you don't even have to label yourself um i think that that over time like we need to become more accepting on like the legitimacy on how like people who are bisexual like they're they're bisexual and they're not just like doing it they're not just like saying that they are just to like be different like they're sure there are people who like who don't like fully grasp what it means to be bisexual but like that sh that shouldn't like mean that you shouldn't invalidate people who do like come to terms like with their sexuality and are and um, accept that as like who they are, you know? I think it's like a learning process kind of for everyone because when I was growing up, I thought that being bisexual just meant like liking both men and women. As I came to grow older, I realized that there's just so much more nuance in terms like in terms of like sexuality and being bisexual, like as you said means liking two or more like genders and orientations and for these people who like don't see the value in being bisexual or think it's just something that you can choose to be and not something that's inherently within you they just have to learn or like come to terms with learning that being bisexual isn't a choice and it's something you have to learn to accept that people will find out more about themselves as they get older and you just have to respect that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of, like, people saying, like, bisexuality is transphobic, which is, like, so wrong to me. Like, as a bisexual, like, I've, I've argued with so many people about how, like, people are saying how, like, oh, like, you only like two genders. Like, what about, like, transgender people, transsexual, 
and that's not what the definition of bi like I think I guess people take like the textbook definition of bisexual and they see that it's only like you liking two genders but that's I don't know that like it's I don't agree with that because like it's two or more genders and and people like constantly are saying like oh you're being transphobic because you don't like transgender people and like that's not what it is at all because it's uh, there's a lot of biphobia within the community itself and outside the community and it's just like really messed up So the Kinsey scale is basically something that was developed in 1948 by Alfred Kinsey, Wardell Pomeroy, and Clive Martin. And they researched based on interviews with thousands of people about their sexual histories and behaviors. So the way the Kinsey scale works is that it's kind of like, a, it's a, it kind of quizzes you, asks you different questions, and you like rank your answers based on like whether you strongly agree, you strongly disagree, and then like everything else in between those two. And then at the end, your results ranges from zero, meaning exclusively heterosexual, to a six, which means exclusively homosexual. And though it's used to describe sexual orientation, many people believe that it's outdated because it doesn't account for asexuality, differences between romantic and sexual orientation, non-binary gender orientation, and it also decreases sexuality to describing it as like a small number. And so what do you guys think? Like, do you guys think that it's outdated and limiting? Um, have you taken the Kinsey scale test? And, and if you're comfortable sharing, um, what are your results? And how do you feel about them? Um, I think I'm taking it. I don't remember my results at all, though. I think I took it like forever ago. But yeah, I don't really agree with it. Because like, again, like, it doesn't like take into account like aromantic, asexual and stuff like that. And it reduces your sexuality to a number. And like, who wants to be labeled as a number? You know, like, yeah, like if it's just a number, like that's not what sexuality is based on. Like, again, like sexuality is a spectrum and there are so many different like branches and communities within the LGBTQIA plus community. And you can't just like say that like, like, oh, like what's your number? Like, where are you on the quote unquote spectrum when it's just a number? I think that like what kind of reminds me of is like it kind of reminds me of like um, zodiac signs or like MBTI um, like it's it's kind of like pretty broad and it's like very general so it's kind of like up to like the person who takes it to like describe their sexuality and like to take like the number internally and then just like take it with like a grain of salt and then like see like how it matches up with your own personal like perspective on who you are as a person. But I think that there that that it's very outdated. The Kinsey scale was made in 1948, and it's 2020. So I feel like there could be way more effective ways to like kind of like describe sexual orientation. Like you don't have to use a number. Personally, I did take the Kinsey test, and I do remember like which score I got. But I don't know if if it's like weird for me to share it. You can you can share it if you're comfortable. So I got like a one, which means that like you're mostly heterosexual and then you have like some like incidental homosexual like tendencies and I kind of agree with that but at the same time like I feel like when you take the test you have to be like you have to be like really you have to come to terms with like who you are as a person you you have to answer like with your gut but like if it was someone who's like questioning or wasn't sure like what what's like considered to be like something that's like 
homosexual because like it'll ask you questions that are like oh like have you had like any like encounters any homosexual encounters um and it's like if you're like someone who isn't sure like what what it what that means like it's it's very subjective you know yeah any sort of like those quizzes like i think i've taken them before and then they're just weird like it's just like have you ever considered being in a relationship with the opposite sex and like or the same sex and those are just weird because like especially like like amy said if you're questioning there's a lot of times where you like you suppress that side of yourself and you don't want to admit that to yourself that you do have these feelings and so those quizzes and tests are so outdated like what wait when was it created again 1940 what 1948 that was even before like what like stonewall and like yeah. before the, the movement even became like popular or anything and so yeah like those quizzes like i think like sexuality you just have to come to terms on your own time and with your own feelings because those tests like they don't really they just ask if you have ever felt attracted to the same sex or opposite sex and a lot of times you don't come to terms with that yeah so i feel like the general consensus is that it's outdated it's limiting let's and to move on next yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah again with like the whole like test like limiting stuff like it it raises like other like your pronouns and other sexualities and those groups and communities are like they're not they aren't seen as valid and that's really messed up because everyone is valid yeah i feel like sometimes the community um they always try to put like a sexuality like in as like a label and stuff but like i feel like in my opinion i feel like um you could just you just should just like love whoever you want to love you know and like you shouldn't just have you don't have to put like a number or a label onto it yeah those terms shouldn't define you either way June 12, 2020, Trump officially reversed protections set in place by Obama that prohibit discrimination in healthcare based on gender identity. Now, hospitals and insurers are reverting back to biological sexes, which could cause a transgender person to be refused any checkup or treatment services. This was done on the same day as the fourth anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting, which was the second deadliest mass shooting in the United States. During the Pulse nightclub shooting, Omar Mateen killed 49 people and wounded 53 others at the Pulse, which is a gay nightclub in Orlando, Florida. So according to NPR, the 2016 Obama-era rules were established based on gender identity, which it defined as male, female, neither, or a combination of male and female. What do you guys think? Was this timing of this new rule intentional? And what do you think about this new rule? Do you think this new rule includes or excludes trans- transgender rights? Well, excludes because like like <laughs> okay so like why why are you trying to like block I guess like transgender people from getting healthcare anyway like I don't understand like transphobia because it's none of your business like why are you so bothered by people like I I just don't see the point of hating on someone when it doesn't even concern you why why do you go out your way just to make their lives worse when it's already like they're already going through so much it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I just don't get, like, the backlash, like, 
with transgender people, you know? Like, when Obama established, like, guidelines on, like, transgender bathrooms, there were, like, so much negativity and backlash against it, you know? And I just don't understand why, because it's not even, like, it's it's not even gonna affect you in, like, any way, you know? So why are you so against it? Why are you so against, like, human rights? just doesn't make sense to me. And it's not like people can control this like people don't choose to be transgender you know like like being transgender is something that you're born with people who are like transphobic it's like literally doesn't make sense okay so when i did research on the the new rule so basically like the only benefits that would come out of this new rule would be that hospitals would like save allegedly like 2.5 million dollars so because they wouldn't like have to file like non-discrimination papers but even even then that's still fucked up like healthcare should be universal it shouldn't be about like only catering to like the biological sexes like even so like it's, it has to do more with, like the gender identity regardless of like how someone chooses to identify themselves healthcare should be something that everyone should be given and I remember like when I was 12 I, I remember hearing like the news about the Pulse shooting on the radio and it was like so heartbreaking as a young kid to hear that people were being shot for being who they are and for just like it's like imagine like the people at like the Pulse nightclub they were just like they were probably just like enjoying themselves and like coming to terms with like who they were and then that guy Omar Martin he just came there and he killed them because like they were they were just they were just them. In 2016, the Obama era rule that passed to like help protect trans- transgender people from facing discrimination was a result of the post nightclub shooting. And now the fact that the, that Trump is like rolling that back, it's kind of just like a slap in the face. I don't understand how people can say like always matter, but when it comes to issues like this of people who identify as not straight, like the LGBTQIA plus community, when they are being discriminated against in terms of healthcare, how can they just be fine with that? Because like healthcare should be accessible to everyone regardless of their background. And the fact that people are trying to excuse it as, oh, well, reducing it to only two genders would save so much money for the healthcare industry. That's the problem. We should be putting more funding for the healthcare industry instead of military and police because healthcare is such a huge priority and regardless of how you identify your sexuality, you should have the right to, you know, have the access to healthcare. Did you guys know that like black women are, are more likely to to die when they're giving birth because nurses actually like neglect them because they think that like they don't need medicine and that they and that they like usually just tend to like other patients. It's kind of fucked up. You, don't you think that like that like just because of their race and like especially like just because of their sexuality, people are being turned away, like especially when they need it the most. I also want to bring up how similar as to what you said, MLK didn't die from being assassinated. He died by strangulation in the hospital. So it just goes to show how even in like the healthcare industry, they're so prone to discriminating against people of color and especially like the black community. Also, if you're part of the gays for Trump movement, uh, I genuinely don't know what to say to you. That's like, what? You're so, like, so hypocritical. Like, I don't get it. Like, if you voted for him in like 2016, like, that's fine. I respect that. But if you're still with him, quote from Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Like, <laughs> also, the fact that Trump, he like reversed trans health like protection, healthcare protection on the anniversary of Pulse. 
And he's also holding a rally, like a Trump rally, on Ju- Juneteenth, which is when, if you guys don't know what Juneteenth was, because we don't learn about it in history, Juneteenth is when the last of the slaves were released on June 19th. And he's holding a rally on that day. And so, like, uh, the timing of all this is on purpose. Like, he's obviously trying to put all the focus and attention on him rather than, you know, like, the Black trans community. So if you're looking for ways to support this community, you can virtually visit Stonewall via Stonewall Forever. And another way you can become a better ally is by educating yourself further on the LGBTQIA plus movement and its intersectionality with the Black Lives Matter movement by consuming Black anti-racist literature movies, books, videos, and etc. And if you aren't a part of the community, you can add pronouns to your emails, um, Instagram bio, etc. And you can also reach out to your local LGBTQIA plus youth center at, um, as a volunteer as well. We'll also link uh, Flex, uh, LGBTQIA plus businesses and brands for you guys to support and all, as well as um, organizations. During June 26, 5 p.m., New York Pride will begin with an online rally hosted by Ashley Mary Preston, a transgender writer and political activist, and Brian Michael Smith, a transgender actor. During June 27th to 28th, more than 13 hours of programming will be streamed through the San Francisco Pride Organization website for the first and 50th Pride celebration. On June 27th, a 24-hour global Pride livestream, considered the first worldwide LGBTQ event, will be featuring a long list of artists and performers and world leaders. And finally, on June 28th, 12 p.m., New York City is hosting a special broadcast event featuring several big-time performers and brand marshal actor Dan Levy on the ABC News live channel. You can view all the information in the description. All right, that wraps up our discussion on the LGBTQIA plus movement in honor of Pride Month. Overall, we'd like to express our support of the LGBTQIA plus community. We encourage others to thoroughly research the situation, to express their voice, and to show their support through their actions. We've linked LGBTQIA plus businesses and organizations to support, as well as further information about the Pride events in the description box. If you're interested in what we do and want to better understand what we're about, please check out all our socials. All ads are at Voice to Culture. If you like this episode, please give us a review or like and subscribe. Hit the bell icon to be notified every time we upload a video. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode. Please stay safe and healthy, everyone. Bye. 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 <laughs>